Hello, and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer, not just for Louisiana, but for the entire Northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Hello and welcome to our September 17th edition of Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. I'm Coach Alan DeRitter. I'm the head soccer coach for the boys at De La Salle High School and also the director of coaching at Soccer Innovations of America. And we start off our show in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Dear God, I thank you for this show and the equipment that we have and the ability to be able to broadcast it. pray that we'll be able to honor you with all that we do with the show and and, uh, and that we keep that as our focus and not on anything else. Please continue to support the show if it is your holy will that we're on the air. I pray that we'll be able to uh, honor you and glorify you and teach really these kids the most important thing with soccer is how to live and live properly. In Christ's name we pray all of these things. Amen. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. I am thankful of my producer, Andrew. Uh, this show is not easy to do, not easy to produce, and it's a whole lot easier to be me and not him. So I'm very, very appreciative of, of really all the producers we've had in the past, especially this one right now that we have presently. This episode is going to be about the Gator Classic and the stuff that uh, basically went on this weekend and my take on it. And um, uh, that's what we're going to do after the break. I really want to tell you about, though, uh, uh, what we expected the show to be about this week. It was supposed to be about Fallon Buckner's response to our question about directors of coaching, and she really has gone to work on it. She's working hard. We're really blessed to have her, and I don't want y'all to be impatient with her. She's trying to get it right, and that's what we want. We want we want something that is not just driven down our throats like the home and away jerseys for the last few years. Um, we really need to be listened to and really need to have all of our points of view taken to, into account. And so she went and she talked to a lot of people within the National Federation of High Schools, all of her colleagues, and they're, they're oblivious to this problem, most of them. And so she might be really in, in the groundbreaker role as to what should be or should not be allowed when it comes to directors of coaching uh, on the playgrounds before uh, the season, and really, we, I think we better start talking about during the season. A lot of our kids, believe it or not, play for these semi-pro teams and play for their train with their clubs during the winter months, which is also against the LHSAA. I'm just really glad that the show can really press that issue because the spoken word is really kind of final. The written word can be wiggled around, but really, if they, she says uh, this has four legs and it barks like a dog. It has four legs and barks like a dog. It's not a cat. And so uh, she's going to talk to Eddie Bonis and really do a little bit more research. And so I'm not going to press her on the issue. We're going to try to get it right. And so let's say a prayer that we can get this done. If you're really one of those people, I would suggest that you continue to do what you've been doing, but be very, very, very careful. Um, my, my true advice to you is to do what I do. I make sure that I, I coach and have contact with no more than six players, okay? Um, for those of you who are kind of in the gray in this, um, you can have a coaching director coach six players from their school that are registered with the LHSAA, but technically they can have contact with another 80 players from their school which are in their clubs, okay? And 
if you want to push this, playing for other clubs. Like I ran into a couple of my players playing for other clubs at the tournament this weekend, and I just made sure I told them, hello, how are you doing? That's nice. And not do anything coaching-wise because I don't want it to come back on me as De La Salle starts to get successful that I was breaking LHSAA rules because I think another problem with breaking rules, everybody, is once you start showing kids that you have no respect for civil rules and civil authority, then you're showing them, okay, well, then it's okay to lie, cheat, and steal, which I think the moral um, imperative on that is is critical if you want to have people who stay faithful to their spouses and and raise their children properly, let alone be honest <laughs> in government and in the business world. So um, I would strongly suggest that once you get to six, you let it go, but you know, um, if you have a junior high player and they're being coached by one of your junior high coaches and they're not LHSAA registered, you can get away with coaching that team year-round, which is a very, very huge advantage for big clubs and big uh, and big schools. Because once you get your system in, uh, then it's refining it when they get to the JV and varsity level. So uh, don't underestimate that, y'all. And if you are underestimating that, uh, maybe we need to have a chat because that is a huge advantage for teams and uh, in the high school realm if they can have their kids coached by a consistent voice and get to know each other consistently. Anyway, next week we'll hopefully have some definitive answers. Um, I hope next week, too, I ran into um, one of the Louisiana legends during the Gator Classic. His name's Luis Sabion. Of course, uh, if you've been involved in soccer for 30 years or so like I have been, you know what that person is. He used to be the head coach at Rummel uh, during their heyday. And also, uh, he was the Louisiana director of coaching for the Louisiana Soccer Association before he went off and, uh, and brought his talents to Texas. I'm so glad that he's back. He's coaching for the Slotto Youth Soccer Club, which is being run by Ryan Lazaro, who was on a show of ours a few weeks back. Uh, if you want to listen to that show, again, uh, you can listen to our podcast or just go back to our Facebook page uh, to gather that show up, and you can always listen to it 24-7. But uh, I tried to get him on the show tonight, but he's busy coaching, as he always is. He's kind of like me. Uh, we have no intention of retiring until we stop breathing, and uh, it was kind of neat to run into each other. We go way back, and uh, we've had some wars, and, and we've become really good friends and uh, I can't wait for this friendship to really continue on in a person-to-person basis and just in an email and phone call basis. So I hope to bring them back to you next week and uh, and really start previewing this high school season. Again, if you want to get your ads on the high school preview show or if you want to promote your high school or your district, there are three ways for you to do so. Right now, we're working on the shows. So if you want your high school talked about, you can get in touch with me. Uh, at, on Twitter at MNFUTBOL, on Facebook at our Monday Night Football page, that's at MNFUTBOL, or you can get in touch with me on LAPrepSoccer.net. Um, once you go to the Monday Night Football blog, you can click my name, A. DeRitter, and tell me what you want me to talk about, give me the stats that you want me to refer to, and the more information I have, the better a show that we can do, okay? Because I usually do... Um, 
a survey from the major coaches from the major districts, but quite frankly, you and he might, or you and she might not get along. And they might be seeing your program a little different way, and they may be your rivals. So if you want your voice to be heard, you got you to gotta roll up your sleeves and, and get the information to me. I'll, give, I'll share as much information as I can. It's a lot of fun. And of course, if you want to sponsor these shows, we've already got a couple sponsors lined up. Love to have you sponsoring it as well. Well, we're going to break for now. When we come back, we're going to kind of give you my take on the Gator Classic, the 2018 boys version on Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We'll see you after the break. It's no ordinary sports show. Candid conversation. We've got it all. Must have guests. Significant Louisiana sports figures. Serious knowledge. Post-game breakdowns, trivia, historical flashbacks, and my editorials. That'll make even the most diehard sports fans go wow. From the one guy who's always in the zone. It's what happens when you've been around Louisiana sports this long. The WGNO Sports Zone, Wednesdays at 1015. Hello, this is Coach Alan DeRitter, and I want to invite all of you to take a closer look at De La Salle High School in New Orleans. De La Salle is a dynamic, inclusive community committed to academic excellence by evidence with our classrooms of the future, and of course, our commitment to athletics is second to none. Come take a look at DeLaSalleNOLA.com and schedule your spend a day today. That's DeLaSalleNOLA.com. You can advertise your business for as little as $50. Contact us to see our rates and get your business in front of the Gulf Coast soccer community. Follow us on Twitter at MNFUTBOL, as well as Facebook, or call us at 504 577 3131. 504 577 3131. Hello, welcome back to Monday Night Football. You voice for Youth Soccer. I'm Coach Alan Derrida, the head soccer coach for the boys at De La Salle, also director coaching of Soccer Innovations of America. And you didn't hear PAC because PAC is no more. I'd like to do a whole show on that, the ins and outs of that. But, uh, yo, um, for those of you who've been in soccer for a few decades, uh, PAC not having soccer is kind of like the sky falling, if you ask me. PAC and Willowwood were two of the beginning clubs, and now PAC is no more, okay, for lots of reasons, both good and bad and uh, ugly and pretty. And so I'd like to cover that maybe on another show. But tonight's show is about the Gator Classic, okay? And uh, we had divisions from the U10, the U19 division, uh, some of those Division One, some of those Division II. Um, and to be a premier t tournament, you really have to have a wide representation of teams throughout the state. Um, I'm going to tell you, I was at the tournament uh, all weekend. The tournament was extremely well run. It was a lot of fun. The weather was a little hot, but you can't control the weather. And it was a first-class tournament. Uh, the refereeing was second to none. Uh, as refereeing goes, uh, the referees were very accessible. And I think the results were quite fair. The field conditions were really great. So having said that, it was a good tournament. Looking at it from the outside in, you tell me whether or not you thought it was a statewide representation. I, I don't know. Um, 
At the U10 level, uh, Lafayette Football Club's Real Suave, nice name, uh, they won the championship for the U10s if you want to have a U10 winning a championship. Uh, I'm not really too crazy about that, but that's where we're headed. U9 teams, U8 state champions, U6 state champions. That's what's coming down the road if we don't get this under control. But uh, for the Gator Classic, we had two U11 uh, winners. Okay, uh, the Premier Division, um, it was played between the City Park Campus of Louisiana Fire, which, as you would well know, we used to call that Lakeview, and Montagua. And uh, the results were not forthcoming from the tournament. But in the second division, the Nola Jesters uh, beat the fire from Ottoman Park, and that used to be our old Carrollton Soccer Club. Okay, so the Jesters won that. At the U-12, at the Elite Division, the Louisiana Fire Lakeview, uh, excuse me, Lafreniere Park, uh, that would have been the old Lafreniere beat the fire team from City Park, which was the old Lakeview. Uh, for U-12, the second team division, the Fire West Bank, which used to be PAC, okay, beat the Jambalaya Green, which is a new club in Kenner, kind of like uh, I, I would like to think that they saw soccer innovations on the West Bank and tried to do the same thing on the on the uh, East Bank in the Kenner region. And um, they and this another club called White Star um, are kind of um, – doing that for the kids who can't really get to the West Bank on uh, in Kenner. For the U13s, uh, we had two divisions. Um, in the upper division, the Louisiana Fire Red beat the Gonzalez um, uh, team. And the U13, uh, the second division, uh, the City Park campus, or uh, again, Lakeview campus, uh, Fire beat the Silver team, which is, I think, um, a second-tier U13 team uh, that combines all the players from all three, all three camp, four campuses of Chicago Fire. U14 division, um, we have no winner um, proclaimed, but the, the two teams that made it to the finals were Montagua and – oh, excuse me, no, uh, check that. Montagua beat Louisiana Fire Black in the U14 level. I'm sorry about that. So Montagua wins. Montagua is a club that – was started and supported by Louisiana Soccer Association. Um, uh, it's also a Latino-based club, although it's really encouraging to see that they have a lot of non-Latino players now playing for them. They're also based around Kenner. Uh, U15 division, they only had, they, well, they had two divisions. The Fire White team beat a team from Destin for the championship. So that, there you go. That's good to have a Florida team uh, in the tournament. And they made it to the finals in the higher division. In Division Two, the Fire Navy team played the Fire Gray team. And uh, uh, we don't know who won that. In U16 division as well, the Navy team beat the Gray team. I don't know if that's supposed to happen, if Navy's the top flight team or not. But uh, it looks like you had a lot of Fire teams in that division. In the U16 second division, I was really happy about that because that pitted the Slide L team coached by Luis Sabillon that I mentioned before. And he played our U14 team. It's basically, we listed as a U16 team, but it's primarily U14 players. Almost 70% of our team is U14. And we got to the finals and we only lost one to nothing, uh, which was the fourth game in two days. And I'm really, really proud. Our coach there is uh, Miguel, Miguel Lopez. And uh, our team here from Soccer Innovations, um, 
represented soccer innovations quite well. If we could have been in the U14 division, I'd like to think that we would have won it hands down. Um, U17, Gonzalez, uh, U17 and the U19 had two divisions. All of those ended up with Gonzalez and Fire Navy teams getting to the finals, but none of the results were recorded as of the time we went on the air today. So was the Gator Classic a classic or was it a regional highlight of, of, of uh, clubs? If you look at the list of club, the teams that are there, there were Mandeville teams, there were Madisonville teams, there were teams from Lafayette. Um, so uh, there was a good representation. I'm going to tell you the, uh, the tournament itself was well run. I brought my grandson to uh, our Sunday final game. He had a blast out there. Uh, despite the heat, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of shade there to stay cool. Uh, the, the the sportsmanship in the air was was quite good. The ceremony was impressive, and the championship trophy was actually very nice. A nice acrylic uh, state um, trophy, and of course, everybody gets a trophy in this day and age. But still, to win a championship trophy, it's it's a special thing. Um, and and uh, those those looked very very special. And so, I think if you look at the Gator Classic, it looks like a success. Next weekend, I'm pretty sure is the girls' division, and I'll try to keep my eyes on that um, and to give you the same kind of a rundown that we had on this week. But uh, y'all, club season looks like it's in high gear. It is, but it's about to wind down. We have a few more biggies down here in the southeast, a couple of tournaments in the north and the west, and then it's going to shut down for high school. High school starts on October 26th. The big tournament that ends up uh, club soccer here in the um, southeast is the Mandeville tournament, um, and we cover that through and through. Um, but there's still tournaments that go on after the 26th for the younger kids. Uh, one of the tournaments I really like, uh, there are two of them. One's put on by the fire, and it's run uh, at the old, auto, not the old, but the old Carrollton Complex, which is Audubon Park. It's called the Champions Cup, and I usually send teams to that, and also usually send teams to Homa. Y'all, the Homa Gobbler Cup is a blast. Uh, if you haven't signed up for that, I promote that tournament quite highly as a family affair. Uh, nice drive. Uh, get to know your family. Unplug them from the social media devices, whatever, and, and just talk to each other and go out to eat, nice restaurants and the like, and they have good hotels if you want to spend the night in Homa. Well, y'all, that's going to do it for this week's version of Monday Night Football. Again, next week, we'll hopefully have a ruling from Fallon Buckner, uh, the LHSAA. Next week, hopefully, we'll have an interview from Luis Sevillon. And hopefully, next week, we'll hear from you. Uh, contact us again at, at Monday Night Football. That's AM. That's a, at, excuse me, MNFUTBOL on Twitter. That's at MNFUTBOL or Monday Night Football on Facebook and on LAPrepsoccer.net. Just look for the Monday Night Football blog or click my name, A. DeRitter, to get in touch with me personally about either sponsoring a segment or, or uh, talking about your high school teams in your high school district. Well, Carpe Diem and Christ, and I wish God's blessings upon you and all of your family uh, uh, from Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We'll see you next week.